1: Welcome on here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT and on WakeUpCallDT.com. Papa Joe is first on the docket here today to speak on a bunch of different topics, so let's bring him into the show from sunny old Florida. PJ, how we doing?
0: Good morning, Daniel. Very good. Nice and beautiful down here, as usual.
1: Yeah, you know, I I, I hear that the uh, the weather is nice, and you know that Florida is my second home, and it's a, it's a second home of the show, and so Florida means... So very much to me as a second home in general and a second hub of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So just make sure that you keep it nice for me. Keep it pristine because I'll be down there soon.
0: Yeah, your room is ready to go, bud.
1: And, you know, I mean, being being down in Florida, enjoying the weather right now, as it turns to the 60s up here, up north, it's it's finally starting to be the 50s and the 60s that we have anticipated. It's supposed to be how many degrees down there today?
0: It'll be 90 today.
1: 90 degrees, and and what what are you working on today?
0: Um, actually, I'm going to finish another project on one of my cars. My 57 Chevy needs a little bit of attention. Got a few ouchies that I have to look into, and we have a, a landscaping project that's due. We're gonna our neighbor's going to help us with it, and Mary's going to Lowe's today and get a bunch of uh, mulch and rocks and whatever she's going to get, and then we're gonna do that. So I'll do what I can. You know, I'm limited to what I can do, but yeah, uh, I help her uh, as much as I can.
1: That coming from Papa Joe this morning inside of Papa Joe's Picks, we're talking about the pigskin college and professional football here this morning and every Thursday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time with PJ. So uh, Papa Joe's Syracuse is off this week. They're three and two. They won the games they were supposed to win against Holy Cross, Western Michigan, and Liberty. They lost to Maryland in what I thought was a trap game that some people laughed off, but it ended up being such. And then on the other side of that, they lost, or uh, well, I should say in the other game, they lost to Clemson, the team that is the number one ranked team in the nation. That's now the number two ranked team in the nation after a close win by one point over North Carolina. So, uh, you know, Syracuse beating the teams you're supposed to beat not doing well against Maryland that, that was a game that could go either way, and then losing to a team that most people lose to, where would you say that, that Syracuse football is at when they're only beating the teams that they're expected to beat?
0: Well, I have to say I'm, in, I'm embarrassed, actually, at first. Uh, when Maryland, because Maryland played Penn State this last week, and I actually thought that Maryland could hang with them, and uh, they absolutely got destroyed. Yeah. Uh, and that really sort of woke me up a little bit. I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe Syracuse isn't as bad as they pretend to be this year. Uh, Maryland getting stomped, and they're not really much better than Syracuse right now. So maybe that's just uh, that game was an anomaly, and uh, Syracuse is actually better than they are, and I hope they are. Uh, the other game that scared me, too, was the Nebraska OSU, and I had I picked Nebraska, too. I don't know what the heck I was thinking about, either, but, you know, there's things are starting to shake down a little bit in the conferences, so there's a lot to talk about, a lot of teams to talk about, but Syracuse looks like they're better than we thought they were after losing to Maryland, so let's hope going forward they should be able to be competitive.
1: And you know what would be your advice? I mean you're you're a fan of the Gators so you're inside of the SEC. You know as well as anybody how quickly fans can turn on you. Uh, the fans having a having negativity toward uh, Tommy DeVito, the quarterback of Syracuse and not really giving him a lot of time or a lot of hope. What would you what would be, you know, your thoughts and your advice to him? You see how quickly things change in the SEC and if you I mean, what was it? Les Miles had an eighty one percent winning percentage and he got fired for losing three games in a row. So what would be the advice to a guy like Tommy DeVito right now?
0: Well, uh, he's a he's an amazing athlete. I I've followed him since we've been doing this and following him since he's a freshman and he's got all the skills. Uh, I, I, you know, Pete, Syracuse fans have got to be a little bit patient. I mean, uh, everything has to work. Offensive line has to protect. They have to block better. Uh, backs coming out of the end backfield has got to catch better. Ends have got to run their routes better. So, you know, if he has time to read that four seconds back there or three and a half seconds, he yeah. can make the throws. He's got all the throws. Uh, he can, he can handle it. I would just ask for our people just to be a little bit more, uh, Uh, more patient Uh, you're right about the SEC if you lose two or three games in a row you're going to be out on your behind so uh, it's not quite as bad as the Syracuse up there but you know give the kid a shot he's a good quarterback he's a great athlete so let him play
1: Absolutely that coming from Papa Joe here this morning you said there's a lot of stuff to talk about around the league and, and around uh, college football so I'm going to open the door to you a little bit here we got a lot of topics to get to but you know you said there's a lot of teams that are kind of on your mind and so uh, I, I want to give you that that open door to you know what do you want to talk about first where do you want to go first what's kind of on your mind in college football because I know you're paying attention to all of it. Oh
0: that's for sure uh, a, lot, a lot of games in, around the uh... The league this year's this saturday uh but of course the one that's the most important and where espn game day is going to be uh broadcasting from uh would be auburn against my gators um yeah. tough 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 game uh i've been reading all week about florida's defense they're second in the league and points allowed and first in the league and rushing it to uh, rucking defense so you know when these these kids when they graduate from high school and they have athletic prowess down here in the South. They, they just seem to be so much more ahead of the kids in the rest of the nation. I, I'm a, a little biased on that, but I just look at the quarterbacks that come out yeah. and the kid from, from uh, Auburn, Nick's, is, is exactly what he is. I mean, he's a, he's a five-star quarterback recruited by the whole world, you know, winds up going to the school. His dad went to, so He's really a he's supposed to be a freshman but he's really not a freshman. The kid doesn't play like a freshman and Florida is really really going to be up against it. According to the line this is a pickem game. It's not I don't think it's a pickem game. Uh, Auburn uh, pains me to say this but Auburn should win the game. Uh, their defense is almost as good as Florida's defense, so you know it may not be the most pretty game to watch if it's going to be one of those SEC slugfests. But yeah. uh, it, it's going to be a it's, it's going to be a great game. Florida's offense is coming around. Trask is doing a great job finding his receivers. They're loaded in the backfield. They can score any place on the field, and so can Auburn. But. The defenses on both teams are good. It's really going to be it's sort of like the Georgia Notre Dame game this last last week. It's really going to be a hard hitting smash smash your mouth game. So hey, whoever's left standing is going to be winning it. And that really should that that gives a little bit more movement in the in the SEC. Um, because if Florida loses, that means uh, Georgia is going to have a, a pretty easy shot going forward uh, if they handle Florida in a couple of weeks. But Florida's three games in a row are, are Auburn, LSU, and Georgia. And I don't think anyone in the country wants to have that schedule.
1: Yeah, and we, we had talked about the fact that when we went through all the SEC's unbeaten teams, that, you know, the one with probably the worst schedule going forward is is Florida because they have Auburn and then they have LSU. Then they'll go to South Carolina and then they have Georgia. So it's Auburn at home, LSU on the road at South Carolina, and then against Georgia before they have the rest of their schedule, which you would think they would win, Vanderbilt at Missouri and Florida State. So, you know, knowing that they're going to run the gamut, gamut and know that they have this, you know, we look at, you know, the most recent game, they obviously played Towson. So, you know, not 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 anything big before you get ready for Auburn. But, you know, what can you say about Kyle Trask? I know we talked about him a little bit and, you know, kind of him being in the system and and being, uh, being an older guy and whatnot. But he's the quarterback of the team, as we know that you know uh, Felipe Franks went out with an injury a few weeks back. So we're looking at the fact that you know he got a, a couple throws in against Tennessee Martin. He got a few throws in against Kentucky, and then against Tennessee, he was 20 of 28, two touchdowns, two picks, 293 yards, and then he was 20, uh, 18 of 20, 188 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions against Towson. What have you seen from Trask? What do you think about him? Is he up to the ta- is, ta- is Trask up to the task of this game against Auburn?
0: Yeah, say that five times. I know. <laughs> uh, Trask is uh, Trask came from Texas. He's uh, he was a three-star recruit out of Texas. He he came into a crowded backfield, uh, but his he wanted to go to a good school and he wanted to go play football. So I guess. If you want to go to a good school and play football, you, you choose one of the SEC teams or anywhere in the region, especially in Texas. But he's he's a big, tall, rugged guy. He's about six five, two forty, almost as big as Frank's. Uh, he's not as mobile as Frank's, but he's, he seems to have a great head on his shoulder. Frank's every once in a while will get rattled, uh, and we watched Frank's for a couple of years, and yeah. he's going to be he's going to be a good he's going to be a good pro quarterback, that's for sure. Uh, but Trask, can Trash can he knows the offense. He's no dummy. Uh, he knows that his time has come, and he's waited for it. He could have, you know, redshirted and go here and go there. And he's already graduated, he's, he's, he's already graduated. So he didn't want to go anywhere. He wanted to stay at Florida, and all of a sudden, here he is, in his master's, master's earning mode, and he's starting for the University of Florida. So he's uh, he can deliver. He's got to be real patient, though. This is a very difficult game. And if, they can, if Florida somehow can win this game, uh, I think maybe they can go a little bit more forward, but they're not good enough to beat Georgia. So, not like I'm downplaying the Gators because they're my school, but yeah. you got to be realistic here. I mean, uh, Auburn and LSU and Alabama and Georgia—they they're going to run the roost, and you know it could be very, very easily Florida could wind up being eight and three this year, or maybe even seven and four after being undefeated at five and zero. So, Trask uh, can move the offense. He's a good quarterback. He's a bright kid.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, he's going to he's going to have it. He's going to have his work cut out for him.
1: Well, yeah and, and that's you know, that's the thing that we're looking at we're looking at this Auburn team and, and Auburn has had success in recent history uh, they they had a little dip as well uh, recently here but when we look at them and we kind of go back and, and see you know scheduling wise you know what this team looked like they're five and0 right now but if we go back to last season you know this is a team that uh, finished the season eight and five and played Purdue in the Music City Bowl. So didn't have a tremendous year last year, but now obviously trying to get back to what people want to believe Auburn football is. And so, you know, most recently they faced Mississippi State. Their games, they won over Oregon, ranked in the top 25. Texas A&M ranked in the top 25. Kent State, Tulane, and Mississippi State. And their most recent game, when we go back and take a look at that, they won 56-23 over Mississippi State, and uh, Bo Nix went 16-21, two touchdowns, no picks, 335 yards passing on only 16 completions, and uh, the big-time guy they got to is Jatarvius uh, Whitlow, had three touchdowns, caught 10, or pardon me, three touchdowns rushing the ball, uh, 10 carries for 55 yards, so that was the one that he handed off to the most, and then the one that he aired out to was Seth Williams, eight catches, for two touchdowns, one hundred and sixty one receiving yards. So we know that Auburn, you know, when they're playing good and they're playing like themselves, has a pretty prolific offense. So you think that Auburn's just gonna to be too much for Florida?
0: Oh, I, I have I'd have to say so at this at this juncture. Uh Florida looked a little shaky. Their opening game against Miami, you gotta throw that one out. That was an opening opening game for both teams and frankly I think Miami's better than that that team that lost and they had to come from behind against Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky always plays them rough, but this is this is going to be hard. And I'm, of course, I'm going to be rooting for them. But you know, I, I got a realistic say. Realism comes in here and says that Auburn should be able to handle Florida at the swamp. You, you can't believe that place when it's going to be going to be hot. And if most most of these stadiums in the south and in the, and the uh, that you play football in the, in the supposed to be fall, it is brutally hot. And it's if, it, if it's 85 or 90 degrees in Gainesville in the swamp, there's over 90,000 people. And it's hot, it's uncomfortable. Uh, so it's a great venue to play But I, I think Auburn is probably just going phase to the, phase the noise right out and just take care of business. We'll know right away, uh, usually when you hear me on these broadcasts, I always talk about, who's going to win the line of scrimmage, you know, after yeah. the first three or four minutes. Uh, if someone, if, if they're d- dominating, say, both lines of scrimmage, then it's going to be a long uh, a long day for Florida.
1: Yeah, you know, so, I mean, this is going to be obviously an interesting game. It's a game that's going to set up what happens from here. Like you said, the implications that it could have on whichever team ends up losing this game and, you know, what it means as we go forward. Do you think the team that loses this game will be out of the college football playoff?
0: No, I don't. Uh, I think the same thing is going to happen that happened the last couple of years, I think, is that there's going to be two teams from the SEC that are going to make it in. It all depends on who's beating each other up and who's who's left standing. I really believe that Alabama can't be beat. Uh, they have an offense that just, I'm not sure if it's a 23rd century, what kind of offense. They're just... Tua is just amazing how he how he can uh, adjust his routes and, and take the time to throw to these four wide receivers that just fly up and down the field. So, you know, with that being said, Alabama's probably going to be a shoo-in. But if Alabama loses to Auburn or maybe loses to LSU and LSU beats Auburn or vice versa, Auburn beats LSU or Georgia beats, you know, any number of those four teams, I think two of those four teams are going are gonna to make it in.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's what it looks like right now is that the SEC is going to have a case to get in there and and have the opportunity to, you know, really command it and have at least half of the college football playoff. Do you think at this point, you know, that that something Could change in the sense of the fact that, you know, we're looking at a team or we're looking at a bunch of teams in the SEC. We're looking at a conference that is, you know, pushing to get as many teams in as they possibly can. I had brought this up before and and I wonder your thoughts on it the fact that Alabama, and obviously somebody's not going to be after this week, but Alabama is unbeaten. So is Georgia. So is LSU. So is Auburn. So is Florida. They're all ranked in the nation's top 10 in the AP and the coaches poll. Is this, is this a year that the SEC goes to the college football playoff committee and says, listen, we have way too many teams and you don't have enough spaces. So we're going to have to change this. Because what I hear is you know, well, nothing can be changed, Dan, until 2036, and we like things the way that they are. But, you know, everybody likes things the way that they are, and everybody likes status quo unless it doesn't serve them. And it looks like it's not going to serve the SEC this year. So could we see the SEC bang down the door of the College Football Playoff Committee and say, listen, you don't have enough spaces for us, so you're going to have to change this in the future?
0: Well, it's a, it's a tough decision that these uh, the board has to make. And the other two, the other two teams are going to come from... Around the country, but uh, you know we've talked about this in the last couple of years about maybe increasing the playoff to six teams or maybe have a wild card game. But uh, no, I don't. I don't think that that's going to happen. I think that, that they're going to stay status quo and uh, let let the SEC blowhards keep. Keep blowing, but no, that's not going to happen. I, you know, they're just going to have to earn their way in. The rest of the country is going to have to earn their way in. And when you do earn your way in, yeah. you're going to have to beat one of these teams. I mean, you know, the, the, these four teams can beat anyone in the country. Period. Right now, so let's see where it let's where it shakes down. Florida's going to go a long way, and uh, they play LSU, they play Georgia, and they play Auburn. So actually, playing Florida is 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 uh is going to go a long way in and these teams uh, predicting where they're going to go.
1: Well, and that's the thing, is if you look at the gamut, like we said, you know, three of the next four games for Florida on their schedule are against Georgia and, you know, and and Auburn and LSU. I mean, they're going to have a very tough schedule. I would imagine... That running that gamut and playing those three games in in a, you know in a four-game stint, having those three teams in it to have to face Auburn, then LSU, and then Georgia after South Carolina. If Florida somehow comes out of this thing with maybe one loss, then you're looking at the fact that you know, they they go through these games, and let's say between Auburn, LSU, and Georgia, they only lose to one of them. Now, you've made a great case for yourself. You've run the gamut. You've done it later on in the season, and you're showing the committee where you're at right now, and you probably, arguably, in our opinion, have the toughest schedule as far as what you have in a row. So, I mean, I think if Florida can get this thing done, they're going to make themselves look uh, they're, they're going to be the, the prettiest girl to take to the ball at that point, I think. It's a, it's a,
0: it's a tall task. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, beating, beating the
0: three teams that we just talked about, if they do that, if they do that, then they'd have to play Alabama if Alabama wins the West. So they're going to be settled with one loss. The other teams, either Auburn or LSU or Georgia, are going to have one or two losses. So um, somehow, somehow, the, the four teams are going to be made up of two SEC teams but one of them is going to have one loss just like it's been the last couple of years so yeah. but Florida's not going to be one of those teams so if Florida loses to Georgia uh, and then Georgia loses someone else and all of a sudden Florida's the East East division champion uh, then they got to play Alabama but you know I, I don't I don't I don't see that coming.
1: Yeah, you know, it's gonna to be tough as we sit here with Papa Joe here this morning on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortor on Wake Up Call DT.com, your one-stop sports shop, as well as on mixlr.com backslash wake up DT where you're listening, and on Facebook Live where you're watching, Facebook.com backslash live now DT. So with that being said, we're gonna take a quick step aside here on Wake Up Call. With Dan Tortora. We're going to take a quick step aside for a fast break. When we come back we'll continue the conversation with Papa Joe on more from the college football world talking on UCF and the American Athletic and from there we will get into the Jacksonville Jaguars and the fact that they are cashing in like we said they should. They must have listened to the show last week. They're cashing in on Minshew mania and we'll get into that and what that means for the Jaguars as they step forward. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on Wake Call your one stop sports shop. And on mixlr.com backslash wake up call DT. That's where you're listening. You're watching on facebook.com backslash live now DT. You look at that little ticker right there. Inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, you're hanging out with us. We're hanging out with you this morning, and we appreciate you being here. Mon Paz Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory brings you what's popping, and right now, what's popping is the conversation in the first hour of the broadcast. With the man that they call PJ, that is Papa Joe, and he's hanging out with us inside of this Thursday edition of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora and every Thursday with us from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. We talked about Syracuse and Tommy DeVito, those Gators, and a little bit about the SEC. So it's time to get into UCF and the American. Papa Joe, UCF, you know, they obviously lost a game with uh on the road against pittsburgh they lost that game by 1.35 to 34 and but that didn't drop them out of the top the nation's top 25 they're still in the top 25 and they rose up a little bit after their most recent victory so we're looking at ucf right now they're four and one they're 18th in the ap they're 19th in the coaches poll any hopes for ucf in your mind any thoughts on on UCF, I mean, I know they lost to Pittsburgh, which is kind of a middle of the road, sometimes above average, sometimes below average team. but you know, they don't have any ranked teams on the rest of their schedule. if you know if Cincinnati doesn't get ranked, then they're not going to play. A a ranked team here in Cincinnati's coming up on October fourth, so that game's coming up uh, very quickly here on Friday night, and obviously Cincinnati won't be ranked at the time. But you know, if they were to win, maybe they would be after, so that would work against UCF. You know, thoughts on UCF four and one? They they're perennial, you know, perennially strong. They won twenty five games in a row. They've done tremendous things. They they lost Coach Frost after winning every game, and they won every game with Josh Heupel all the way to the bowl game, so they found a way to have success where no college football team or any sports team really finds success when you change an entire coaching staff, but they're not playing a ranked team for the rest of the season. So what do you think about UCF?
0: Well, I think think the people across the country are finally getting used to UCF playing great football. Uh, They certainly proved it over the last couple of years, uh, would they beat Auburn last year? Was it or two years ago? Two years uh, ago, In yeah. one of the bowl, in one of the bowls, they're you know they're gonna make, they're gonna make a they make a play for a major bowl. They're not gonna get any farther than that. But um, I think they play UConn coming up, and they're gonna be prohibitive favors for that. Uh, you know, Scott Frost, you know, left a, a program that he actually turned around remarkably so. Yeah. Uh, with a with a good quarterback who unfortunately was injured, but. Now Scott Frost is at his alma mater in Nebraska, and he's getting his behind beat just about every every week. So uh, he's probably thinking to himself, what in the hell did I leave UCF for? My goodness. Yeah. Uh, that, look, at they. he put something in place. Uh, you've heard me dwell on this before, you know, and I say it every week, you know, t- besides Texas and Florida, those are the places that have a hotbed for recruits, and UCF is is banging heads with Miami and FSU and so on, and they're getting these athletes to come to UCF. And uh, it's, it's it's great to watch them. I, it's great to watch them. I enjoy it. I think it's a great story. But, you know, they'll wind up playing a good bowl, and that's about it, though.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's, that's a tough part of it. But in the future, uh, they are looking to schedule some, some future matchups and some future games, and UCF has made, you know, uh, some of these connections where they're going to be playing up against teams like you know they will be playing BYU, they will be playing Boise State. If we look at, you know, some of the some of the games they have this year, they played Stanford and defeated them, they played Pittsburgh of the ACC, Stanford of the Pac-12. In 2020, they'll have North Carolina of the ACC and Georgia Tech as well. In uh, 2021, they'll have Boise State and they'll be on the road at Louisville, and then in 2022, Louisville and Georgia Tech 2023 at Boise State and BYU. North Carolina will be back in 2025 and 2027, and they'll be at BYU in 2024. Uh, What can you say about that? I mean, do you like the fact since North Carolina has been playing so well under Mack Brown and you know Georgia Tech and Boise State and Louisville and and BYU? Is this enough in Stanford? I mean, are are these games going to be enough to showcase UCF and, and start to get them more in the conversation? Of the college football playoff,
0: probably not. Uh, but they'll remain in the top 25 no matter what the story is. You know, beating Stanford was a was a huge win. Uh, Boise State is also undefeated. Uh, you know, these these say we say below major levels uh, teams are just scary. I mean, uh, they, they their offenses are off the charts and they can do so many things on the football field. UCF and and. And Boise State, and they're just great teams to watch. But you know, going forward, uh, UCF can just hope to stay in the top 25 to get a good bowl. That's about as far as it goes. And unless the the powers to be increases the playoff to six teams or something like that, we won't see UCF in any in any of the bowl games, any of the playoff games.
1: So I mean, that's that's where things get difficult. Is how is you know where we're at right now any better? How is how is the college football playoff any better than the BCS? When teams like Boise State and UCF and Utah State and, and and here there and everywhere are not going to have opportunities to get in, is this system any better or is this system broken as well?
0: No, it's broken. It, it's going to be broken until they figure out what to do. Uh, and, and, and the rest of the country is going to be uh, having a hissy fit too if two SEC teams get in again. They're going to say, well, you know, you're not. Something's not right. You know, yeah. you're not. You're not. You're not accruing the credits enough for this type of deal. Uh, you know they they really have a lot on their plate, uh, notwithstanding this just play for pay stuff. But if they don't if they don't increase the playoffs to six teams or have a wild card with five teams or so, it's not going to go anywhere.
1: Yeah, and and that's the system that we're looking at right now is the fact that you know teams like UCF and whatnot don't have a way in the door and that's obviously going to affect things as we move forward here with Papa Joe on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So the question becomes with, you know, and this is something I thought of before, if there's the Power Five and there's the Group of Five and they're going to keep UCF and the American in the Group of Five, then do you almost say, okay, you know what, Power Five teams, you have the college football playoff group of five teams, you have your own bracket as well. Because if none of these schools are ever going to get in, what's the point? So, I mean, do you almost create, uh, you know, you have Division 1A and Division 1 AA, but do you almost make Division 1 AA, Division 1 AAA, and then have Division 1 A be the group of five with the American and all that? Because there has to come a point where these group of five conferences are going to want to play in a college football playoff type of setting, but they're not getting that, and they may never get that, especially if the SEC plays that well. So, uh, do we need to have uh, another break, another subdivision, and and do it that way, where these teams can actually have a postseason that matters?
0: You know, that's a good that's a good thought, and it's a good idea. Uh, instead of going to a bowl, I guess what you're saying, yeah. or maybe they have uh, maybe maybe they have the bowls uh, below that, but it's, it's a good thought. Uh, I don't know if you, you're you hard-pressed to come up with four teams, though, in the the sub-AAA, as you call it, uh, other than Boise State and UCF every year, maybe Utah State and these other schools. But uh, it it could be a carrot that, that the teams could uh, jump at. It's, it's a good idea and a good thought. So maybe, hey, maybe get a piece of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it just seems like where they're going right now. If these teams are never going to get opportunities and – They're never going to have chances. You almost ask the question, uh, you know, why, why continue going down the same road? You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And where we stand right now is, is the fact that you know, teams like UCF are always left on the outside looking in. So, are they going to have to continue to beat down the door, or are we going to have to form another system that actually cares about teams like UCF and Houston and? South Florida and Memphis and Navy, because there's good teams inside. I mean, SMU is ranked in the top 25. In in recent history, SMU now, UCF throughout, as well as Houston, Navy, Memphis, USF, they've all been ranked in the nation's top 25. Just a couple of seasons ago, four of them were ranked in the nation's top 25. So, I mean, the the bow's got to break and something's got to give at some point because, the American Athletic Conference has talented players, and they have they you know they do well in recruiting. They have talented players. They're in good regions in the country, and they're all over the country, and they have success, and they have good coaches. So you know, it's some I, I would imagine that the bow's got to break somewhere. I think that's a good thought. And if anyone watched
0: the UCF Memphis game, oh, I don't think it was a couple of years ago where they scored over a scored a million points and had a million yards, you know, it was fun to watch. Uh, UCF and, and Boise really brings offense to the table. So it really would be exciting. It's a good idea and a good thought.
1: Yeah, I mean, hopefully we get to see something at some point. With that being said, we continue here with Papa Joe inside of Papa Joe's Picks. You're seeing the list of topics that we have spoken on. We've spoken on Syracuse as well as the Gators, UCF, the American, the SEC. So it's now time to jump to the NFL. It seems like the Jacksonville Jaguars PR department has been listening to Wake Up Call with Dan Satora. And it's about time. I've been covering the team for 11 years on site, on location, in some way, shape, or form. So it's good to finally see this happening. But we said the only way to battle back the Jalen Ramsey drama is to feed into the positivity of Gardner Minshew. You, You take the negative minds and you turn them positive, and it seems like the easiest shift to go, hey, instead of thinking about that embattled cornerback that we have on the team, why don't you all get some fake mustaches and headbands and do it up the right way? Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars sent emails from their pro shop, and that email had had literally, instead of saying, just free shipping or buy your favorite gear now, it says, order now Gardner Minshew 2 gear, and it has a shirt of the silhouette of him, the headband, the hair, and the mustache and and the mustache and all the hair is in teal and then they have the jersey so they're now sending emails out to fans saying hey just just buy the Gardner Minshew stuff what do you think about that (laughs) oh I love it you know you and I talked about it last week that if the BR
0: department was sharp they would have a Gardner Minshew day you know when you when you paid admission you get a headband and you get a fake mustache and you put it on and all of a sudden you got 60,000 people that look like Gardner Minshew it's a great story it's a good idea I hope it works but you know Minshew is boy he is he's something else he's uh, you know I, I sent you a text when the the Jags were playing Denver and I didn't look good and I, I, I told you it wasn't an inspired effort yeah. then they turn around in the second half and they just started storming in the the kid makes plays he's when he was dancing in dancing around on the backfield there and missing tackles and stepped up in the pocket and shifted those left. And then th- through that pass to the halfback to score the touchdown. He remind me, maybe some of your readers don't know who Fran Tarkinson was, but Fran Tarkenton years ago started all this stuff when quarterbacks used to bounce outside the packet yeah. pocket. Uh, uh, you know, he was, he's not Frank Tarkinson was not very big. It's yeah. about Doug Flutie size. And he would break out of the pocket and spin left and, go right and drop back and go forward, and all of a sudden he'd, he'd throw a dart to someone, and that's what he reminds me of. Uh, obviously not to that same skill level, but he's, he's fun to watch, and, and uh, the, the, I think the, the team has finally bought in on this kid, and he's, he can make the plays, and I hope he still I hope he still goes forward. I don't want to keep reading about Jalen Ramsey all the time, but if they if they if they keep being competitive, and even win some games down the road, yeah, uh, it's going to be very difficult for for them to uh, want Nick Foles to come back yeah. and jump right back into the starting Scott, I mean, yeah. if this kid keeps winning and makes the and makes the plays that he's doing, you got to stay with him.
1: Absolutely, I and mean, I and mean, that's where we're at right now. Is that you know, you pay four years, $88 million, could be $100 million with incentives to Nick Foles. He doesn't even play a full half. And Gardner Minshew comes in and Minshew's got the team at two and two right now. I mean, he's he's got them in a successful footing and he's doing the work that he needs to do to get this team where they need to be. And he just enacted a comeback. And we talk about comeback quarterbacks and the importance of them and how many comebacks did Peyton Manning have, and how many comebacks, to, you know, does Tom Brady have, and John Elway, and Steve Young? And you know, and then we see that play where he threw the touchdown pass to Raekwon Armstead, where he was able to hold on to the ball for 7.51 seconds, which is an eternity for a quarterback, and he was able to get through all the traffic. So people liken it to John Elway, some say you know Steve Young and whatnot. We knew the Gardner Minshew was talented. I had him when he was at East Carolina. You were following him when he went to Washington state, because you have a lot of respect for Mike Leach and the gang over there. So you got to, you know, we got to both kind of experience him or hear about him and then he moves forward into the NFL and, you know, he's he's a 6 round draft pick. You know, Tom Brady's a 6 round draft pick. Gardner Minshew's a sixth round draft pick. Apparently in the sixth round, there's some value at quarterback and they pick him up for peanuts. They have to pay him almost nothing. They haven't really kept any of their quarterbacks that they've been drafted. And, you know, they had Alex McGow, who they let go. They had Tanner Lee, who they drafted, who's not anywhere to be found. And so Gardner Minshew, they pick him up late in the draft like these other guys and give him an opportunity. And he has played extremely well. And, and his teammates said to me a couple of weeks ago, they said to me after beating Tennessee, they said, listen, Dan, you know this is a guy who came in and always was, you know, you know, a professional. In practice, he treated everybody like he was the starter and, you know, he acted that way. He commanded it. If he got reps with the ones, whatever he did, he was the last person in for, you know, or the first person in, last person out type of atmosphere. So they respected him from the moment he came onto the team because of the way he carried himself, because of how humble he is and how hardworking he is. He had already built a rapport with the team. And obviously, you can see that moving forward. I think Jacksonville slipped and fell into something pretty cool here.
0: I think you're right. And uh, the rest of the team's got to be hitting themselves upside the head. Now, there was something prophetic happened a couple years ago. And uh, it, from both from two angles. Number one, he was actually asked by Nick Saban to come and hold a clipboard because he wanted him to be his third-string quarterback yeah. and charge a place and maybe be a graduate assist or something like that. But he turned him down. Because Mike Leach called up and says, "Listen, you want to hold a clipboard for saving, or do you want to lead the nation in passing?" Right then and there, the, the, whoever was watching college football and these other quarterbacks that were drafted—if he's going to go to Washington State and do for Mike Leach what Mike Leach always does to quarterbacks, you know, throw for a million yards and win games—yeah, then. You know, why did he drop to the sixth round? He, he got the Johnny Unitas award. He threw for almost 45,000 yards, 4,500 yards. I mean, he's, he's a good quarterback. I mean, he's not the strongest of guys. He's not the fastest of guys. He's not the tallest of guys. Yeah. But he's a winner. He's a winner. He's a winner. He's a winner. Mike Leach was right. The rest of the NFL was wrong.
1: Well, and that's the thing. You go back and you look at it and, and, and you know, what Gardner Minshew has been able to do. And, you know, collegiately, if we go back and look at his statistics, you know, and, and obviously some of that time was spent at Washington State, some of East Carolina, like we said. At East Carolina, he had 119 completions on 202 attempts in 2016, just under 60% completion percentage, 1,347 yards 8 touchdowns, 4 picks in 2017 at East Carolina, 174 completions on 304 attempts, 57%, 2140 yards and he had 16 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. Then he balloons at Washington State and obviously at East Carolina there was a lot of turmoil, there was a lot of losing, so you can't put all that on him. He goes to Washington State and 468 completions are more are are almost It's almost the same. If you add his attempts in 2016 and 17, it's 506. And then you look at his completions in 2018, it's 468. So almost, you know, if you add his attempts of two years, that's almost his completions of one year at Washington. 468 completions, 662 attempts, 70.7% completion percentage, 4,779 yards, 38 touchdowns, and nine interceptions. And this man gets drafted in the sixth round.
0: Well, you said he said it right. It's very good. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the NFL is kicking themselves. So. Yeah. But eventually, you know, there are quarterbacks that, that slip through the cracks. I'm going to give you one right now for next year. Uh, you know, we know that Tua plays well, and J- Jalen Hurts, and this kid Fields, and the, uh, the kid from Oregon. All of these guys are big, tall, strong studs and things like that. Yeah. But I I, I read an article yesterday where they had. Jalen Hurts is the number eight quarterback uh, being drafted in the NFL. And I I find that difficult to believe that there are seven other quarterbacks better than Jalen Hurts right now. But it's the same story with Hurts. He can't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. He runs. He's a halfback, da-da-da-da-da, like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, good good for running back, huh? Well, you know, Hurts could be the same kind of deal. He could be the same kind of quarterback. Coming in, I don't know if he's going to get the kind of respect that he deserves, especially if he runs out and wins the Heisman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you know, we look at it. We look at it right now. I mean, Hertz at Alabama had a a 62 percent completion percentage in 2016, 2,780 yards, 23 touchdowns, nine picks passing, and then he had a 60 percent completion percentage, 2,081 yards, 17 touchdowns, one interception. Then at Alabama last year with Tua ultimately taking over for good. Eight touchdowns, two interceptions is what he had, 765 yards. He left Alabama with a 72% completion percentage in his final season. And this season, 77.6% completion percentage, 66 of 85, 1,295 yards, 12 touchdowns to one interception already at Oklahoma as he stands right now as a senior quarterback. So, you know, Jalen Hurts doing some good things out there and uh, and obviously making people feel good in Oklahoma and it's funny how sometimes all you got to do is change your jersey and people start to respect you or look at you more Justin Fields at Ohio State we're talking about you know the same type of thing so you know it's it's amazing but it's also a good thing PJ that because these quarterbacks did a little round robin and 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 went all over the place we get to see them all play instead of seeing them back each other up
0: well that's true uh and he's He's going to be a good pro. I don't know. I don't know what the NFL is thinking, because uh, an NFL guy did this chart that I was reading. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, he's he does have to throw the ball better, but you know he's he's so he's so prolific right now, and Oklahoma's offense is so good that he doesn't have to do a lot. I mean, it doesn't doesn't have to think a lot. Uh, he's got a, a great coach that's got a wonderful offensive mind, and he's just putting the putting the ball in Hertz's hand and, and letting him do it. So uh, I, I just hope he's not a fourth or fifth-round pick. I, I, I think he deserves better than that. He's a winner, and especially if he runs the table, uh, like like we're talking about. Oklahoma is a very formidable opponent for anyone to play,
1: yeah. including
0: all the SEC teams.
1: Yeah, it's going to be good. Either way, no matter how we shake it. Here anyway, it... Minshew is our man. Yeah. <laughs> he is our man. I know,
0: he, I know he got hurt a little bit at the Broncos. He's got to wear a knee brace. That's what I read this morning on a Jacksonville Times-Union. He's got to wear a knee brace, so, but he's still moving around. Some of the players said that he's dropping back, making the throws that he wants to, wants to make. So the guys are waiting for him. And, uh uh, he's got to wear the brace, so he's going to play and he'll probably he'll do he'll give it his all that's for sure but, yeah you know you got to be careful i mean the, the kid they got backing him up guys from penn penn state's got no no experience whatsoever so you know mishu has to play smart and like tom brady says uh he, he gave some he gave some advice to josh allen boss from buffalo saying man you got to be smart you got to lay down you got to Take a sack, you gotta throw that about. Play smart, Don't get nails, because he's out with a concussion. The same thing could be said for Mincho. I mean, he, he's he's exciting to watch. He's got a quick mind. He knows what he wants to do, but you know every once in a while he's got to go down. He's he gotta go down.
1: Yeah, well, you got to protect your body and you got to protect the future of the franchise as we're here with Papa Joe on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Thursday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time talking about pigskin. So as we do that and as we get there, we got a, a few minutes left to go here. Before we make our picks, pay for play is up here right now. California, as of 2023, has approved the fact that athletes can get paid for endorsements and that they can hire agents as well. It's caused the country to fall somewhat into a frenzy right now. So I ask ask you the question, Papa Joe, what are your thoughts on this? There are so many different angles. I don't think it's concrete yes or concrete no. There's a lot of gray area here because the NCAA preaches that it's a not-for-profit organization, but they made $16 billion last year. So the question is, if they're making money off the backs of these players and only because of that, what do they do to right that ship and give something to the players? But if they give something to the players, then amateur status is dead as we know it. So how do we navigate the pay for play? Boy,
0: it's a good question, and it's, there's an impossible answer for that. Yeah. This is a dangerous precedent that they, that they voted in California. But, you know, you have to deal with California because they're all liberal over there. They don't care. They give away everything. So what's it? They give away to the kids. You know, LeBron James made a good analogy. He said... You know, my mom and I didn't go up with anything. My mom worked two jobs, and da 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 da. The same same story with a with a uh, a normal uh, single single parent. And he said, if I went to school and I was as good a player as that I was, imagine all the number twenty three jerseys that I could have sold if I was a freshman in college. Yeah. And you know that boggles the mind right there. I mean, it made me think a little, a little bit about it. Uh, obviously, he's he's poor. Something like this. But he's a liberal too. But it, it's a good point. I mean, if there's a, a, a say Patrick Nix, the quarterback for for Auburn, if he's a killer, which he is, and they got to run around with Patrick Nix jerseys, and he's going to get a piece of that. You know, these, this is the dangerous precedent, and I don't think there's a, I don't think they researched it enough in California, because now the NCAA is going to be. I don't know if they're going to sue him or anything, but it's it, you know, why wait till 2023 too if you're going to do it. Go ahead and do it. Now you wait you got two years. Everyone's steamed up about it. The kids can't wait to play because they could maybe make some money. It's terrible. it, it was it was done poorly, it was voted on poorly, and it was signed poorly.
1: Well and that's the thing is, you know, they're, they're the NCAA is wrong. The NCAA has not done right by its players in a very long time. And if they had given some money for image and likeness, if they had if they had said, you know what, if we're gonna have these video games and we have your image and likeness, we'll give you we'll give you a cut of that. We'll add it in your stipend, you know, for school. We'll break it up between the months that you're there, whatever it may be. If they had done that then we could be talking about something different if they had looked at the fact that you know maybe you know they they could have you know for every jersey sale like if you're up here and you get a number thirteen football jersey everybody knows it's for Tommy DeVito so if Tommy gets a cut of that if there was a little bit here and a little bit there if the if the NCAA decided to give a little bit and give a little bit and give a little bit and give a little bit then we wouldn't be sitting here right now. But the fact of the matter is the NCAA has been greedy. They have given absolutely nothing. And so, I mean, yes, there's free educations, but the NCAA is not paying for the free educations. The free educations are coming from the schools. The schools are paying for that on their backs. So the question becomes now, what do you do with it with the NCAA that, that has been nothing but greedy and they're being asked to move and the, and the athletes who have gotten $0 from everything That the NCAA is made off of them. The question becomes now: Who moves first, and what do we do?
0: Again, there's not an answer. There's not a good answer for it. Um, I, I hope that saner heads prevail, and perhaps maybe California would understand what what a huge mistake they've made, or maybe it'll make some other states wake up and say, "Well, maybe it's the right thing to do." I don't. I don't have an answer for you, Daniel, because I don't think there is an answer right now. But this is a poor. This is a poor result. Uh, if, this, if they did a lot of think tank, think tanking on this thing, they didn't do a good enough job, because it was rammed through the government, and now, now everyone's stuck with it. Now everyone's talking about it like we are, and they're going to continue to talk and read about it until cooler heads prevail. It, it's yeah. a terrible precedent, and there's no answer right now.
1: Well, and the problem that that arises from all of this is the fact that this is in California. So if California approves it, but North Carolina doesn't, and Ohio doesn't, and Pennsylvania doesn't, well now, if I'm a football player, and Penn State's recruiting me and UCLA's recruiting me, Penn State's got a better program right now than UCLA, but if I go to UCLA, I can make money so now there's an unfair advantage. So now, why wouldn't you go to Stanford and UCLA and Cal and USC? If those are the only schools that can get you paid, and those are the only schools that could get you an agent, then that's going to start turning people away from other universities because you could go here and play on a good team, or you could go here and play on a team and make money. What do you think these kids are going to do? No, of
0: course they're going to go to California. Right? Uh, you know, the, the track runners are a good example of this. The track runners can can make money. They can still have their amateur status and race around the world and get, uh, uh, monies everywhere. Uh, but this, this is a whole different animal. This is a inquiry entirely different. Uh, the track, there's not enough, there's not a lot of track athletes that actually make this kind of money and you gotta be elite to do that. But you're right. If the other States chip in and start doing this, uh, then the kids have got to make a decision, and they're going to go to poorer teams because they can make some money. Then there's going to be jealousy for other players and other teams, and it's a terrible, it's terrible. I don't even want to talk about it anymore.
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> well, <awful. laughs> I will spend I will spend the uh, the entire second hour of today's broadcast reading your comments and and sifting through it and talking about it, folks. So fear not, we will discuss it. And as I was told yesterday by uh, a friend of mine, Jimmer, he said I don't think an hour on your show is going to do it justice, and I. I said, Jimmer, I'm pretty confident I'm going to be talking about this every week for the foreseeable future at some way, shape, or form, even if I'm just laying down a comment. So yeah, you're right. with that being said, we get to our picks. PJ and I giving our picks to you. So uh, Thursday night, there's Georgia Southern at South Alabama tonight, Temple at East Carolina. I'm going to skip to Friday, October 4th. UCF ranked in the top 20 in the country, 18 and 19 between the AP and the coaches respectively and they're going to be at Cincinnati. Now, UCLA's traveled to Cincinnati and lost. What do we have for this? UCF at Cincinnati. Who's going to win this game?
0: Well, I like, I like UCF. They're only a four-point favorite, though, because Cincinnati looked good. Does uh, look good this year. Uh, but I think UCF's got a little bit too much uh, firepower. Plus, they're playing at Cincinnati. So uh, I think UCF covers the spread, and I think they win easily.
1: I'm going to pick UCF in this game, but I do think it's a dangerous game. Cincinnati only looked bad against Ohio State, which I feel like other teams are going to do the same and follow suit. Uh, they lost 42 to nothing outside of that. They took care of business with everybody else. So, I think this is going to be an interesting game. I think Cincinnati is creating a nice little home, you know, at Nippert Stadium or are, are creating a nice little home atmosphere to go up against. So, you know, I don't think it's going to be easy for UCF. I think it's a prime time type of matchup, which it is. It's 8 p.m. Eastern time, Friday, October 4th on ESPN. I think it'll be good, and I am going to be paying attention to it by all stretches of the imagination. I'm going to be seeing our local teams, West Jenny and CNS, face off against each other because I know them both, and then I'm going to rush home to watch UCF at Cincinnati. Now, Saturday, October 5th, Utah State. They lost their entire staff to Texas Tech, but with the new staff, they've gone 3-1. and one. Now, granted, they haven't played a ranked team. They only lost to Wake Forest, who's undefeated this season. They only lost to Wake by three points, 38-35. So we're looking at a 3-1 Utah State team going to Louisiana to face off against LSU in Death Valley. Any chance that Utah State, I think at least in the first half, they're going to make this interesting, any chance they get an upset? No. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. No, you, you don't want to go to Death
0: Valley and think it's your important because you will be handed your behind in very, very quick time. I, I don't no. I don't know. The answer is no.
1: <laughs> so, so PJ and I are both going to go – with LSU in this one, LSU knows that they. Ha- the funny thing about LSU is the, is the fact of the matter is, like I said, I mean, I, you know, Ed Ogeron he comes in, people are leery of it. They don't know, but they hate Les Miles. Then Les Miles comes back for a bit visit last year, and fans are cheering for Les Miles because they're fickle. And then it's like, are they going to fire Ed Ogeron? And now Ed Ogeron's undefeated, and now they like him. But something tells me if Ed Ogeron loses one or two games, they're going to want to fire him again. So, you know, I mean, Ed O, who has connections back to Syracuse, once again, you got to have you got to have the stamina and you got to have the mental fortitude and the toughness and, and, and a lot of faith and a lot of Jesus in your life to be a coach in the SEC. Well,
0: oh, that's true. Poor, poor, poor Bill Muschamp. Uh, he, he had a, a good winning record at Florida and they throw him out. He goes to South Carolina. He's doing a decent job over there. Now he's losing. They're going to throw him out. You know, it, it. You know, if you, you're right, Les Miles is a good example of that. If you don't win, if you're not, if you're not nine and two every year and, and win a bowl game or ten and two, you're not going to last very long. That's not very fair either, but you know that's the way it is. I mean, it, and every year, there's going to be four or five teams that can knock heads with each other and yeah. play the best football in the country. Well, but here, in this case, in this case, it ain't going to help Utah okay. State. Yeah.
1: Well, here's here's a rut row game. Iowa ranked in the top 25 at Michigan ranked in the top 25 and I don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to keep his job after this year so I mean if he does maybe one more year he's going to have to pull a rabbit out of his hat so Iowa at Michigan what do you have for this one well
0: this one is a Iowa's favorite for six I think and this is at Michigan yeah. You know, I like Iowa in this game. I think Michigan is was overrated. Oh, Michigan's always overrated. Not maybe that's Tarball's fault, but they're always overrated. But then I think Ohio State's overrated too, and I'm I'm probably wrong about that one. But I I look for Iowa to win this game. I think you know, Michigan's in serious trouble, and uh, unfortunately for Mr. Highball, he won't last. He won't he won't last another year. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah, we're going snake eyes on this one. I'm going with Iowa as well in this matchup. Texas Tech is where the Utah State staff went, including the running backs coach who used to be at Syracuse and a good friend of mine, DeAndre Smith. They lost at Arizona and at Oklahoma. They got reamed by Oklahoma, 55 to 16. They defeated uh, their first their first couple games. They defeated UTEP and they won against Montana State. Texas Tech now has a tall task with Oklahoma coming in, or Oklahoma State. Pardon me. Any chance Oklahoma State? Now everybody's focused on Oklahoma. But Oklahoma State right now has defeated Kansas State, who is ranked in the top 25, lost by only six to Texas on the road, who was ranked in the top 12 at the time, defeated Tulsa and, uh, you know, their Oregon State game and McNessie State game that they had early on in the season. Oklahoma State at Texas Tech. Does Oklahoma State win this game, or does Texas Tech squeak one by?
0: No, I think think Oklahoma State wins this game. I know it's played at Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State's only a, seven-point favorite, but Mike Grundy is a good coach. He's he's a very fiery coach. I remember that uh, one interview where he just lashed into some of the sports writers for, for denigrating one of his players or some of his players. He's a very fiery coach, and uh, I, I like him. I like him a lot, and he probably deserves to be at a better place than Oklahoma State. Uh, but Oklahoma State's good every year. They play well every year. They play tough every year, and they shouldn't have any problem with Texas Tech.
1: I am going to lean on Texas Tech in this one. Okay. I'm going to go tell you they almost had 200 yards rushing against Oklahoma, despite the fact that they lost the game. So I know my guy DeAndre Smith is doing his job out there. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with T Tech in this one and have them win this game at home. At least make it interesting. At least make it fun. Hopefully it's not a blowout by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm excited to see the game. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on them here for a victory. I think it'll be good to be on it'll be on Fox Sports 1 at noon Eastern time on Saturday, October 5th. Uh, next game up that we have here, I'm going to bring this game up because they're in trouble right now and so is Charlie Strong. South Florida is 1 and 3. They're on the road at Yukon. Yukon is 1 and 3. So, both of them struggling, both of them on the East Division side of the American Athletic Conference. Does USF find a way to get a victory here, or does UConn steal one? And if they do, I can only imagine that Charlie Strong's days are numbered.
0: Uh, Charlie's in terrible shape. Terrible shape over there. Uh, he's a much better coach than this. Uh, uh, you know, he's part of the Florida coaching tree when uh, back when he was a defensive coordinator there. I uh, you know he, he, from there he went to Louisville, then to Texas, and, and uh, then to the South Florida, but you know they're up. They're supposed to be favored by two touchdowns in this game, but they're not playing like they should deserve to be two touchdown
1: favorite.
0: Yeah. Uh, UConn is poor, but I, I think UCF wins this game probably for Charlie. But Charlie's days are numbered. I think this will this will probably be his last year.
1: You you know so PJ's going with South Florida, going with USF. I am going with UConn. Oh my goodness. I think goodness. UConn's gonna. I think Randy Etzel's gonna steal one here in this game because he's going to take advantage of a bleeding South Florida at this point.
0: That's,
1: that's, that's true. Auburn at Florida, PJ, oh. we talked about a little bit. I know that this is, I, I know that, that I'm kind of, I, I'm painting you to do this. I feel like I'm feel like i driving a knife into the side right now, and I don't want to, but we have to talk about it. Auburn at Florida. Oh, Boy. <laughs> um,
0: um, Well. I can only, you know, my heart is with Florida. Obviously, Glass is '69, but you know, Auburn is a is a better team. They're just they're just too strong. Uh, you know, it, it's it's supposed to be a pick 'em game. Like I said earlier, it's it's yeah, it's not going to be. I think Auburn wins. I think they I think they win the line of scrimmage early, and they just they just they they run and pass over Florida. I hate to say it, but I look I look I look for Auburn to win this game.
1: And both teams are five and zero and I think Auburn is going to be 6-0. I am sorry, PJ, but I, I, do, I do think Auburn's going to get this, and hopefully Florida can run the table from there because one loss will keep them in the conversation as they go forward. But I'm gonna, I'm going to lean on Auburn in this one. Two. This one's a a feel-good game for the country. should be a game that people should pay attention to. I hope that you do. It's on CBS Sports Network at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time this Saturday, October 5th. That is Air Force at Navy, two of the great representations of the protecting of our freedoms in this country and around the world. Air Force at Navy, what do you think about this?
0: Oh, great game. And your man, what's his
1: name again at Navy? I can't pronounce it. Ken Niamatololo. Well, I can't pronounce that, but anyway, it's
0: uh, it's it's supposed to be a pick'em game, and it, it should be a pick'em game. And, and I'm only picking Air Force because, uh, because I like Air Force this year. Uh, I know they're playing at Navy, and it's a pick'em game, and your man is going to be raring to go. He's probably going to have an armada of ships there, getting ready to blow Air Force out. But uh, I, I like Air Force.
1: I'm going to pick Navy in this one. It's, it's been a little while since they looked good, and in this past season, they were trying to get back right and right that ship, and Navy is 2-1 and one right now. They've only had to play three games so far this season, and they'll have Air Force, and they got a, they got a nice schedule coming up here, and they're definitely going to be tested, and I, as always, cannot wait, and it's always around the time I get my Christmas tree, and it's the day before my grandmother's celebratory birthday in heaven. G-Mama is December 15th. Army and Navy will play at Navy in Annapolis, Maryland on December 14th. So that must be the day that I got to get my Christmas tree. So I'll make sure that I do that that day. Going to be fun. Two teams that are not ranked in the top 25. The expectations of Virginia Tech were high. When Justin Fuente came in, the team is now two and two, and their quarterback Josh Jackson is playing for Maryland. On Miami's side of things, right now they're also two and two. They they lost a squeaker against Florida. They lost a squeaker against North Carolina, and then they they then they defeated Bethune Cookman in Central Michigan as they should, but they barely defeated Central Michigan seventeen to twelve. What do you think about Virginia Tech and Miami? Two teams. That are two and two, two teams in the coastal division of the ACC, and two teams that are desperately trying to save face right now.
0: Oh, Fientes is in a lot of trouble at Virginia Tech, too. I Actually, there was talk about yesterday they're, they're trying to put a package to buy them out. You know, one of the pundits said how much they're going to owe, and, you know, several million dollars to buy them out. Uh, it, it's, it's a tough game. But I think I, I said it earlier about Miami. Miami's not as bad as, as what they look like with Florida just because it was the first the first game of the year. Yeah. I like Miami in this game, and I like Miami going forward. I think they're going to cause some problems in, uh, in the ACC. Uh, they're they're going to be well coached, and
1: I like them. Yeah, I like Miami in this game as well. I'm picking them to win. I think, you know, it's growing pains. It takes a little bit of time for you to get on it, but I think that they're going to get there, and I think they're going to win this game. Justin Fuente, I have nothing but the utmost respect for, and I hope that they do, don't buy him out and give him some more time as he's been Dealing with injuries, which doesn't seem to be a big enough excuse, but it's a reality. And you know Manny Diaz is doing his thing in Miami. And you know what, PJ, Miami deserves to have at least one team that's playing football with the Dolphins taking the year off. <laughs> <laughs> they could probably beat the
0: Dolphins in a scrimmage for crying out loud.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I they, you never want to believe that somebody's tanking, but the whole tanking, tanking for, tanking for Tua. So, but they're gonna suck so bad that I think they'll tank for Tua, and then they'll end up with. Probably uh, Trevor Lawrence the next year too. So who knows at this point? Uh, A couple more games we got to do here as we do Papa Joe's picks here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Michigan State barely in the nation's top 25. They're playing against Ohio State in the land of O-H-I-O, Columbus, Ohio. What do you have for this one? Well,
0: I suppose I'm going to have to watch Ohio State play one time this, this year. I'll probably watch this game. You know, I go back to my Urban Meyer days. I don't like Ohio State because of him, uh, but Ohio State just a little too strong. I'd love to see Michigan State be competitive and maybe even beat them, but they're just from what they've, what I've seen and what I've, what I've read. Ohio State just looks like maybe they're the real deal this year. So I may even have to have them in the Final Four, but I, I think they win this game.
1: Yeah, I think as of right now, as it stands, Ohio State is in my final four. So I think Ohio State's, you know, they got it rolling. They got it going. They got to keep feeling the flavor. SMU is going to be at home this week at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU. They will face off against Tulsa. Tulsa is that team that has been right there. They win a few, they, they won two games a couple years ago, three games last year, and They've already won 2 this season in their first few games, but they were in a lot of those games that they just didn't finish these last couple seasons under Philip Montgomery. SMU is 5 and 0. Oh. SMU has their best record since the year before they were given the death penalty, the only college football team to ever receive the death penalty. Sonny Dykes is in his second season at SMU, and I thought when Chad Morris left SMU, when he finally got him to a bowl game and then he went to Arkansas, jumped ship to the SEC, that this was going to be a team that could struggle. Instead, they've responded with a 5-0 and record to start the season, including a win over the Big 12's TCU on the road at TCU. What do we think about SMU and the thought that they could be six and zero, and they're already ranked in the top twenty-five?
0: No, oh, that's a it's a great story. Uh, I, I caught a little bit of their game last week. That Tulsa is not going to be competitive. I know they're they're two touchdown favorites, but you know, SMU is on a real roll. Dykes knows what he's doing. He's done it for years throughout the country. He's he's a good coach. He's a great recruiter, and uh, he wins here in, at SMU. I'd I'd like to see him stay at SMU if if he doesn't go to do a bigger job but you know they could be competitive with texas tech and texas and oklahoma so i I like i like smu here
1: i'm going with smu as well let's see him get it done let's see him go six and oh last game that we have to talk about here pj unless you have another one on your docket is a team that played spoiler here in the past and, well, a team, or I should say a team, yeah, no, a team that played spoiler because they were on the road to Washington State. California is going up against Oregon. California is 4-1. and one. They defeated Washington at Washington 20-19 to 19 earlier on in the season. Oregon is one of the teams that I feel like nobody's talking about, yet they're leading the Pac-12, and they're 3-1 and one as well. The only loss that they have is to Auburn, 27-21. to 21. They just won at Stanford recently. What are your thoughts on California at Oregon, and the fact that Oregon is still the team that nobody's really talking about?
0: They should, because they got the best quarterback in the country. Uh, Oregon's going to cause a lot of problems in that that West Coast over there, and with the USC's and UCLA's and and whoever. Uh, I, I think well, California's favored by over almost seventeen points here, but you know, Oregon's is tough and strong. Uh, they got a great offense. I love the quarterback and I think that they win easy
1: here. Well, I'm going to go with California to spoil the party once again. All right, On the road, California still on rank, but still trying to spoil the party. So PJ and I are even keel on all of these, except for Oregon and Cal. We've gone separate ways on that one. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, we've gone separate. USF, he chose, and I chose UConn And outside of that, we are, we are together on every other pick. So with that being said, this is week six of college football and week six of Papa Joe's picks. PJ, as always, I appreciate the time on everything. Enjoy your weather. And I cannot wait to come down there, dance in Disney and go swimming.
0: Okay. I can't wait to, uh, i, I got to listen to your second hour. I'm interested in the way people are going to talk about this play for pay, so it'll be interesting.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff coming up, so we definitely hope that you stay with us. Okay. All right, take care. Bye-bye. See you. That coming once again from Papa Joe here inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. Papa Joe's picks are right here with us every Thursday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Spend a little more time with us today, which I greatly appreciate. Papa Joe hanging out with us here this morning for a little bit longer. With that being said, we're going to take a step aside for a fast break. It is time for us to get to some of those great partners in Central and Upstate New York that proudly bring you their services all throughout the week. We don't just work with businesses in Central and Upstate New York. We work with people who care about the community and care about you. If they're on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, it's because I saw something there that I really truly appreciate, believe in, and believe that these people care. When, it's, when it comes to business and it comes to serving our central New York and upstate New York community, it's not good enough to just say, oh, these people sponsor the show. They're not called sponsors. They're called partners because partners work together. Sponsors, it's this and that. See you once a year, whatever. See you at the Christmas party. Partners work together every single month to make our community a better place.